Well, good morning. How is everybody today? Blessed? Doing good? Who's glad to be at church? All right. Drop some stuff. All right. Well, uh, I know we've got a lot going on outside. We've got a lot we're looking forward to today. But if you'll give us a few more minutes of your time in here, I believe that God has a word to speak directly to your heart today. Now, we've been in a series on Sunday mornings called Things Jesus Never Said. And we've been looking at kind of the reverse uh, way of, of, the, of the topics. And last week we looked at some great stuff. But this week, the title is this. It's Things Jesus Never Said, Part 4. And it's this. You kids need to be more like the adults. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus never said that. And, there, you know, and I'm going to show you some stuff here. But it's interesting that Jesus never one time told kids, hey, if you see that adult over there, if you become as an adult, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. He never said that. But I'm going to show you several places where he told us as adults that you need to become as children if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you need an outline this morning, raise your hands and the ushers will give you one and you can follow along there. Hopefully you can see decent enough on our temporary projector. We will have the new one hopefully by next week in Jesus name. Say it with me, new projector. In Jesus' name, <laughs> this thing's coming in. And uh, anyway, I'm excited about that part, but, but that's, that's beyond the point. Now, in, in the next week or so, there's a, there's a phenomenon that's going to take place for parents all across the Barstow Unified School District. And it's this, you're going to be stuck with your kids for a lot more time over the next few weeks and months. Now, this is a good thing because the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. But I'm here to remind you that there could be some difficult times for parents over the next few weeks. And we're going to remind you that children are a blessing from the Lord. And uh, the Bible tells you to be a little bit more like them. And so we've got some great stuff to look at here. But today we're going to learn a few things about Jesus and the kids and see how maybe we could be a little bit more like them. All right. So who thinks this sounds good? All right. Well, we're going to get into this. Point number one today is this, is that number one, Jesus really loves kids. Jesus really loves kids, loves, loves, loves kids. And I want to show you something here in Matthew chapter 19, Matthew 19. Amen. And, and there is a point to all this. I promise we're going to get there. But Matthew chapter 19 and most of our verses today will be in the book of Matthew, but Matthew 19, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Now, now check this story out. It says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Can you believe that? You bring your kids to Jesus and people get mad at you for bringing your kids to Jesus? I mean, I I know some people that say, you know, you take your kids to church too much. And I'm like, no, I'm bringing them to Jesus. Get off my back. I'm going to keep doing it. But look at this. Verse 14. But Jesus said, he didn't say, parents, you know, you're right. You're bothering me. I'm a little bit busy right now. I'm Jesus. Hello. Give me my space. No, he said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. So I'm going to tell you this now, that kids are never bothering Jesus. He always has time for kids. 
And, and you know, we, we teach our kids to be respectful and reverent of the things of God. We've got to teach them those type of things. But there's a lot that us adults need to glean off of the children. And I'm going to explain some of that here in a few minutes. But I want to say this to you, that the churches that are the most successful ones are the churches that make kids a priority. They're the churches that make kids a priority. And that's why at our church here, kids are a priority. And I mean, I wish there's so much more that that we could do and that we are going to do. But kids are an absolute priority. And that didn't mean as much to me before I had kids. But now that I had them, I'm like, yeah, I want my kids to look forward to going to church. And I don't have to drag them in here every week and say, you're going to get in there and, and listen to me. You be respectful, you little. You listen to me now. You get in there now. Get in there, church. I never do that, man. They want to come to church because they're learning about God. And this is a place full of love and peace and joy and all these things. And the kids pick up on it. So listen to me. I don't drag my kids to church. I mean, sometimes they're dragging me in here. But, you know, we won't go go there. Now, I want to talk. Uh, what a, there's a, a great pastor that I, uh, I look up to named Willie George. He pastors one of the, the largest churches in the country there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he has hundreds of acres on his property. I, I've been there. I know Debbie and, and, you know, some of you guys have been out to his church in Tulsa. He has hundreds of acres. But out of his hundreds of acres for ministry, only 20% of that is used on adults. He uses 80% of everything that he has to minister to children and youth. And most people will be like, that's crazy. They're, they're kids, you know. I mean, you know, let, let's spend the money on the real people. Listen, the kids are the real people. Kids are real people. And, and you know, he, he was he's built an entire successful ministry based off of ministering to kids and then offering additional services for adults as well. And, you know, and, that, and that's kind of the focus that, that I want our church to be is that we're, we love kids so much and, and we want it to be a great, loving, peaceful environment for them to come into. But I know one time he was telling that yeah, he was, he was as, as he was uh, working in children's ministry, he was telling some other senior pastor how well that their church was doing at the time. And the guy said, well, yeah, but how many of those are kids in your attendance? Like, the kids don't count. Like, they're not people, too. Then he told me that, that, that one denomination in particular won't even count children in their attendance. I'm like, man, they're real people. And the way we do it here at our church is this. Everybody that gets ministered to counts as a human being. And, and so at our church, we don't offer babysitting for the babies. Your kids, your babies are up there. They're hearing stories about Jesus. There's people praying over them. They're listening to worship songs on their level. They're not getting babysat. We don't just toss them into a room and throw some blocks at them and say, don't die. I'll be back in an hour Dear, while, we go real, while we go minister to the real people downstairs. No, we're ministering to them and to, to your children and to your teenagers on Wednesday nights. And, you know, I don't talk about youth group a whole lot. I, I'm in charge of youth group. But I, I put a lot of effort into the stuff that I'm teaching those kids. I don't just, you know, go online and Google a youth group sermon and come up with something. No, I spend hours studying this stuff because I care about them. And and here's my whole goal. I don't want them to grow up to be idiots. You know, that's not that deep of a profound mission statement. I mean, you know, you expect something much deeper. But my goal is I don't want them to grow up and be an idiot that doesn't know how to treat other people, that doesn't know how to have any respect or manners or decency about them. I'm teaching these teenagers how to be a godly person and how to be a respectful person and how to grow up and make something of their lives. 
And, and so, yeah, we minister to all of them because Jesus really, really, really loves kids. Now, I want to show you something in Matthew chapter 18, verses 5 through 6. Matthew 18, verses 5 through 6. Now, it's getting ready to get real in here, okay? I'm going to drop a heavy revy on you. Look at this. Uh, Matthew 18, verses 5 through 6, he said, And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Jesus equated the way that you treat children to the way that you're treating him. You're mean to kids, you're being mean to Jesus. But look at verse 6. He says, but, and I can imagine right here, he's, he's, he's getting a little more strict as he's talking. He says, but, if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin... It'd be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Mama, that is, whoa, like, that is, that's for real right there. Seriously. Jesus said, if you mess with one of these kids, you mess with one of my babies, you mess with one of these kids, screw them up, make them fall into sin, listen to me, you would be better off to have a giant stone tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean than when I get done with you. I'm like... That, that means you don't have a very good chance of survival at all, I would say, because, I mean, unless your name is Harry Houdini, you're not going to get thrown into the ocean with a stone tied around your neck and survive. It's not going to happen. I'm going to switch to my handset, Tom, all right? I'm switching. I like the quality of this a little better. Okay, so Jesus, he's taking this very, very seriously. He says, don't mess with these kids. You get one of them to stumble. You make one of them fall into sin. You would be better off to be thrown into the depths with a stone tied around your neck. So what I'm saying is, Jesus, I'm a parent. I do not want to screw these kids up. I want to do everything that I can to raise them in the ways of God because I get one shot at this, parents. Are you hearing me? We got parents and grandparents in here. There is no, this isn't the point of my sermon, by the way, but there is no greater responsibility. There is no greater job or calling that you can have than to raise godly children. And I take this, this is the most serious thing in my life right now. These kids are going to grow up in the ways of God. They're going to know how to be respectful, how to hold a conversation, how to treat people right. And they're going to do it all in the name of God. And I'm not, that's the biggest thing in my life to me. So listen, you've got a big job. And, and Jesus said, listen, don't cause one of these little ones to stumble. Don't cause them to fall into sin. He takes it serious because again, Jesus really loves kids. Now, the second thing is this. Number two is that he wants you to be like a kid. You get that? He wants you to be like a kid. And, 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 you know, our whole lives are growing up and, you know, you, you do something dumb, you get bopped in the back of the head. Listen, you'd be like the adults now. You listen up here. You, you, you mind your manners. You do this, you do that. And yes, we gotta teach them. We gotta, we gotta show them how to be good people. But again, it's so interesting that Jesus keeps saying, you've got to become as a child if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. So let me show you this in Matthew 18, verses 1 through 4. All right, we're all over Matthew 18 here. Look at verse 1. It says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I mean, that's a good question. I'd be thinking, well, he could say Moses. He could probably say Abraham, King David. He could probably say, you know, John or Peter. There's a lot of names that I would have on that list for who could be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Call it a little child to him. 
and put the child among them. Can you imagine Jesus just pulling this little kid out of this crowd and putting him in the midst? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get in to the kingdom of heaven. What a statement is that? They're, they're, they're like, they're, they're, they've got pride in the way. They're saying, listen, who, who, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus, you tell us. Who's going to get the most glory up there? Who's going to be known as the greatest? And Jesus says, you listen to me right now. Unless you become like one of these kids, you're not even going to be there. So I wouldn't worry about being the best up there. You don't even have a place until you become like a little child. You will not even see the kingdom of heaven. And so unless you become as a little child on your outline here, you can't even get into the kingdom of heaven. So I wouldn't worry about what position you're going to have up there. You just need to get there, first of all. And then he, t- he took it a step further and said, if we become as children, we will then be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What a revelation is this. And, and listen to me, that trait that Jesus mentioned here is being humble. He says you've got to humble yourselves. You've got to become as a child. You've got to get humble. Well, this, this is a, a Greek word here, not to get too nerdy on you. But it's this Greek word, tapinoo, and this word means two things. It means you've got to lay down your pride and you've got to reduce things to the basics. Jesus said you've got to humble yourselves, and that means you've got to get rid of your pride, and you've got to reduce things down to the basics. One thing I love about kids is they don't overcomplicate things. Sometimes, you, you know, I'll go listen to a sermon somewhere, and in the end I'm like, what just happened? That was too deep for me. They were, I mean, that was, I'm sure it was all good and true, but kids don't do that, man. They keep it basic. Jesus loves me. He's going to take care of me. I love Jesus, and that's all I need to know. Kids keep it basic, and Jesus said, you've got to get rid of your pride. Kids, I've, I have never, now I, I hear my kids arguing about a lot of things, okay? I'm going to get real here. They argue about a lot of things, who, you know, who hit who first, who wiped a booger on who first, who, you know, who threw the football on the roof, who did this, who gave a wedgie to who. And they argue about all these crazy things, but I've never one time heard them say, listen, I'm going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus loves me more. I'm the best. Because they don't have that stupid pride that adults get. They're not, they're, they're not worried about who's going to get to heaven first or who's going to have the greatest position up there. They just know they're going there and it makes them happy. And Jesus said, until you get rid of that, until you lay down that pride, until you just break things down to the basics of just loving God, don't even worry about, about what your position is going to be in the kingdom of heaven. And I want to show you Matthew 18:10. Look at verse 10 here. Matthew 18, verse 10. So we got all these adults looking down on the kids over here. You know, even the disciples, some of Jesus' best friends saying, get the kids out of here. They're bothering the Savior here. And Jesus is saying, no, you guys are bothering me. Go away and let me spend some time with the kids. But look at verse 10. He says, beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. He says, listen to me, don't look down on any of these little kids because up in heaven, their angels are the ones that are always in the presence of the heavenly father. Wow. That's amazing. And, and I'll, I'll explain why that's amazing just a little bit here. But last week we talked about angels for a minute. In fact, I was gracious enough to show you a picture of my guardian angel on the screen. Some of you probably, you know, that, that remembered, you remember that. And so, you know, I, I, you're welcome, by the way, for doing that. But this confirms a little bit of what we talked about last week. 
that people do indeed have guardian angels. And sometimes you think, like, well, that's a thing for children. That's, that's kid stuff. And, yes, it absolutely is for children. But it's for adults, too. And so there, you know, and you can write these verses down. I'm not turning to these. But for reference point, you could confirm this by Psalm 34, 7, Psalm 91, 11, Hebrews 1, 14, that absolutely there are guardian angels for people. And, and those references are Psalm 34, 7, Psalm 91, 11, and Hebrews 1, 14. But check this out. There are different classes of angels mentioned in the Bible. You may know this. Not all of them are the Chuck Norris looking, you know, you know, this and not all of them are the chubby little babies playing harps. There's different kinds of angels mentioned in the Bible. You know, you've got the cherubim, the chubby little babies. You've got the seraphim, the archangels, the ministering angels, the avenging angels. And you've got all these different angels that the Bible mentions. But what's interesting is this, is that Jesus specifically said the angels of these little ones are always in my presence or in the Father's presence in heaven. And, and I, I studying this more in Luke 119, you can write this down, you don't have to turn there. But the angel Gabriel appears uh, to Zechariah, and he tells him this, My name's Gabriel, I stand in the very presence of God. And so, in studying this even more, not to bore you, and just studying this even more, I was reading Ellicott's Bible commentary, he said, Those who have the guardianship of the little ones assigned to them are among the most noble of the heavenly host. Like Gabriel, they are in the very presence of God. And so it's just interesting to me that God places this much of a priority on children and on kids. And, that's the, and it's all throughout the Bible, especially here when you hear Jesus speaking. It's his heart. He keeps telling us, you've got to be like these kids, man. You've you you got to be humble. You've you, you got to break things down. Quit overcomplicating things. Quit, quit going this way. Listen, you become like these kids, you're going to see the kingdom of heaven, and you'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus absolutely loves kids. So this is, I believe, on your handout. Not one time does he come up to a group of kids and say, you need to start acting like the adults. He just didn't do that. And so how is it that Jesus wants us to be like kids? Well, I'm going to take these next two points, and we're going to let the rubber meet the road right here. We've proven that Jesus loves kids. Now I'm going to show you how you need to be like the children. It's, point number three is this, is that because kids aren't embarrassed about their beliefs. Kids, they don't care what you think about what they believe. They, they absolutely don't care if you, if, you, if you care. Listen to me. Kids are not embarrassed about their beliefs. And I'll tell you this, that my kids have absolutely no problems telling people that they believe in Jesus. That, that's not an issue. And I know it's that same way for every kid in this church. But I remember one time when we were living in Plainfield, Indiana, uh, Joel was about two and a half years old. And we used to go to the library a lot because there's not a lot to do over there, just to be real honest. So anyway, we're going to the library and Plainfield, Indiana, for some bizarre reason, is the uh, they have they hold the Islamic center of North America. It's like their main meeting point. I don't know why they put it in some hick town in Indiana, but they did. So it's right there. And so there's lots of uh, of, of Muslim people. And so one day we're at the library 
And they've got a little stage there for puppet shows. And, and my two-and-a-half-year-old Joel is on the puppet stage with the fire of a southern evangelist. He's getting ready to bring down the fire from heaven. He's preaching, he's preaching it deep. And, you know, in his little voice, he gets up there and starts preaching to all these little kids who probably do not believe in Jesus. And, he's, and, and here's, here was his sermon. Now, you can judge the, you know, the biblical doctrine of it later. But anyway, he says, Jesus loves you. And then he says, Jesus said, do not go into the river. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he said that, but, you know, he actually said get into the river. But anyway, I didn't want to go there. And so he's up on the stage. Peoples, I'll tell you about God. And I'm like, where is this coming from? But he's bringing it down. And at no point did he say, now, if, if that offends you, I'm, I'm embarrassed, I'm sorry, get away from me. He didn't care what people thought because kids are not ashamed of their beliefs. And adults need to be that way. You know, I'm not saying to go down to the, to the local library, get, interrupt the puppet show and start preaching to the kids. You probably get in trouble. But I know a lot of adults that are so ashamed of their beliefs, they'll barely pray for their food in public. You know what I mean? They're, they're holding their sandwich. Rub-a-dub-dub. Thanks for the grub. All right. You know, there's like, man, afraid that somebody's going to see what they're saying. Are you kidding me? You know, and, you know, I'll tell you what, my family in particular, my dad, we are, we're not, I'm not embarrassed about being a Christian. I'm, I'm extremely proud of it. Now, I don't go out and beat people over the head with my Bible and get a bullhorn. Turn or burn. I don't do that. But, but if we're in a restaurant, absolutely we're going to hold hands and we are going to pray about as loud as I'm talking right now. And if it bothers people, then don't pay attention to it. Do your own thing. Pray to your God. But we're going to pray over this food and we're going to thank Jesus for providing it. And I am absolutely not embarrassed in any way whatsoever about it. I'm not ashamed of Jesus and I don't want him to be ashamed of me either. And so absolutely, kids are not embarrassed about what they believe. Romans 1, 16. Look at Romans 1, 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'll read this in the New King James Version. And this is from a guy that was not ashamed of being a Christian. Romans 1, 16. The Apostle Paul writing right here. This is good stuff. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek so he's saying it's for everybody, no matter who you are, what race you are, where you're from. The gospel is for everybody, and I'm not ashamed of that. It's the power of God unto salvation. Why would I be ashamed that I'm going to heaven one day? I'm extremely proud of that, not because I did anything, but because God's so good. And so I'm not embarrassed that I'm going to heaven. I'm not embarrassed that Jesus has bailed my behind out a thousand times over the past 30 years. I'm not embarrassed that Jesus loves me, that he provides for me, and that he's done so many things for me. I'm really, really grateful about it, and I don't mind telling people about it. And that's the attitude that we have to have. Little kids, they'll go tell people about Jesus. And, you know, again, my son, Joel, and when he was in preschool, they got a new teacher midway through the year. And so, you know, whatever. He, he comes home one day, and he apparently, like, did a background check on this new teacher. I'm like, whoa. So he comes home. Yeah, Dad, my new teacher, Mrs. Smith, she is a Christian. She was baptized, and she does go to such and such church. Okay, Dad? I'm like, 
you're four years old. Why are you getting that many details? <laughs> I mean, but hey, that's good. You know, that's really good. Uh, you know, I mean, but they just don't care. They're absolutely not ashamed. And that's how the adults need to be. What if more adults had the same boldness as kids have? Can you imagine that the job of evangelism would probably be done and we'd be sitting in heaven right now if we weren't so ashamed of our beliefs? Seriously, if we had gone out and reached all the world right now, just like the little kids try to do, man, we'd probably be in heaven right now and we wouldn't have to endure another Barstow summer in a few weeks. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't, didn't mean that. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Let's turn over there. Matthew 21. We're looking at verses 15 through 16. I was, Debbie, if you don't mind, I was talking with Debbie a little bit yesterday, and I was saying a lot of this stuff reminds me of my brother Philip because he he was he became as a child in his faith, and he wasn't a, he wasn't ashamed of being a Christian. Uh, he he told everybody he knew, and he was humble, and and just a lot of the things I, these verses I'm reading, I'm like, man, this guy loved kids so much too. He worked up there with the children for so many years, and I'm like, yeah, man. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that cool? You become as a child that that Jesus said that about you. But Matthew 21, verses 15 through 16. Now, you look at this. It says, but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, talking about the miracles Jesus did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. These teachers, these Pharisees, these leaders They got mad because children were shouting in the temple, Hosanna, praise Jesus. They're shouting the praises of Jesus, and it's making all the adults really mad. Look at this. And so they came up to Jesus. They said, do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. God has called children to praise because he knows he can count on them to do it. And so the King James Version says from from the lips of these children, you have perfected praise. Why would he call the praise of children perfect praise? Why? Because they're not ashamed to do it. And, and, And as we saw earlier, they break it down to the basics. They're just breaking it down and speaking to Jesus from their heart. I'll be driving down the road and, and my little girl, Ellie, she, she sings, she makes up songs to Jesus as we're driving. Oh, Jesus, I love you. You created squirrels. You made the heavens and the mountains. You don't let my brother hit me anymore. And she, she just, but it's from the heart, man. It's, it's from the heart. It's so a funny story about my boy, Isaac. He's the testosterone driven child i mean he's the type of just sit there and see how hard he can hit his head on a wall you know just for kicks like why would you do that but anyway so one day joel and ellie they're they're singing a worship song from church here you know, your love never fails and i see isaac he wants to join in on the action too but isaac's going to be original and so and so he just makes up his own song on the spot and, and Isaac's pretty intense. He's like, we don't worship the devil. We worship God. And, and we're driving down the street. And he just keeps singing that. We don't worship the devil. Like, Whoa. But it's from the heart. And he's right. We don't worship the devil. So it was, it was good. So anyway. 
So notice here that these kids were the ones taking the lead and praising God. The kids were the ones taking the lead and praising God. Now, how would you act if Jesus walked into the room today? I think a lot more of us would probably get, you know, a a little more excited than our normal. Hope no one's watching. You know, I see that. I'm up there on that base. I see. You know, so you get to shoulder length. They call this the Baptist wave. And then after a while, you bring it up. All right. It's a progression. It's an evolution. But what if Jesus walked into the room? I wouldn't give him the, you know, I mean, I'd be up in his face. Jesus, Hosanna, praise the Lord. I would get loud about it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't care what a single one of you thought. I'd care what Jesus thinks. I'd be bowing down at his feet. I'd be giving him everything I've got. And, you know, he says about out of the mouths of children. I've got a story about my brother Joe here that he's going to love. So <laughs> he has no idea where I'm going, but he will in a minute. So one day we were at, uh, growing up in Indiana, of course, there's, there's Jesus, then there's basketball, then there's family, then there's everything else. Basketball is very important over there. And so one day, we're at this event with the Indiana Pacers, and, you know, you get to meet a couple of the scrubs off the bench, but you're not going to meet the good guys. So we, we walked, somehow, we walked through this back room, and our idol in life, Reggie Miller, is sitting right there doing like, a, like an auction to auction off this basketball for charity. And so there's like, you know, a bunch of rich people. They're going to, you know, bid thousands of dollars for a ball. And, and you know, rich people sitting around. And so we walk in, and Reggie's, you know, do I hear such and such? We open the door. We aren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> my, my, my brother Joe sees Reggie. Reggie! Ah! 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 <laughs> Starts start screaming. I'm like, shut up, big <laughs> Pull him out of the room. You remember that? True story. And so he, he didn't care what any millionaire thought about him. He wanted the attention of Reggie Miller. He got his attention, too. That place got silent. It was, and it was awkward, very, very awkward. I, I, wanted, I could not get out of there fast enough. But, but he didn't care what people thought because he wanted somebody's attention. And little kids, they don't care what people think because they want somebody's attention. And we got to be like that where we don't care what other people around us think. I don't care if I can sing or can't sing, if I've got rhythm or if I don't. I'm getting the attention of Jesus. I'm praising him. This is for him, not for you. If you don't like it, shut up and sit down. This isn't about you. This is about Jesus. And so Jesus said, this is perfected praise. This is perfect praise. They're doing it from their heart. You're doing it because you care what other people think. Some of you know, I'm singing because you want people to hear you. They don't care. They just care about worshiping Jesus and Jesus said, this is perfect. It doesn't get any better than this. I'm not going to shut these kids up. Are you kidding me? I'll listen to them all day long. And so why do we need to be like kids? Because kids aren't ashamed of what they believe in. And the second thing is this, it's because kids have faith. This is point number four, because kids have faith. They believe in God and they, they trust that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Now, I've noticed that kids aren't surprised when their prayers get answered. Has anybody else noticed that? 
that, you know, I'm like, they keep seeing these kids pray for stuff and it happens and they're, they're never shocked or surprised. They literally expected this to happen. They, they, they literally expected this to happen. I heard this story about this lady was teaching her, her little daughter to pray for things at night. And so she taught her daughter, you know, they're praying for other people and their friends and family. And she's like, no, honey, you can pray for, for whatever you want. What would you like Jesus to do for you? And she said, okay, Jesus, could you please show me a frog by the end of the night? And it was bedtime. And, and, the, and the mom's like, okay. I mean, she prayed for it. I don't want to break her heart and tell her, sorry, Jesus ain't answering that one. You're in bed. But anyway, so, so the mom goes downstairs to, to finish up the dishes and stuff. And anyway, up right on top of the window, still right in front of the window, jumps a giant bullfrog right there. And she's like, what is this? And so anyway, she runs upstairs and brings her daughter down. And her daughter's like, thank you, Jesus. I knew you would do it. And she picks up the bullfrog and everything. But listen to me. Kids, they aren't surprised. They aren't shocked. They literally, they pray and they expect it to happen. They believe in Jesus because they have faith. And Jesus is saying, I wish more adults were like that. I wish more adults were like that. I wish they'd just believe me. I, I wish that they'd just be honest about it and, and, and not overcomplicate everything. But kids, they expect God to deliver on his word. And you've got to be like that if you're going to get somewhere. You've got to, you've got to expect that it's going to happen. Why pray if you don't expect anything to happen? So kids, aren't, they're, they're, not, they're not surprised uh, when their prayers get answered. All right, I'm full of stories today, but I'm, I'm winding the stories down. But a, a couple years ago, and this is another one with Joel, all right, I've got, I've got all of my kids in the mix here. But I was, we, we remember we drove this Nissan Sentra for years and we kept having kids. Anyone, you know, I just sold it last month, so it wasn't that long ago. Anyway, so anyway, you know, we're loading kids in there all the time. And, and after a while, that can start to, even to a young man, get to your back, your shoulders, because you're lifting kids in, and they make these things so complicated. So one day, I finally get one of the car seats in, and we're door-to-door car seats. I mean, to close the car, I had to be like, <clears throat> and, and hit it, and then it would close. But anyway, so I get him, and as I get Joel in, I mean, I pulled a muscle in my shoulder. And I'm not talking about I thought I did it, or I, or I did a little something I, I definitely pulled something in my shoulder and it hurt, but, but bad. It was not cool. And so I'm like, okay, uh, uh, what am I gonna, I gotta, I had some place to be. I'm like, okay, I know this kid. He's gonna pray for me. He's got faith like a giant. Like, Joel, lay hands on daddy. Here we go. And so he lays hands on me. Lord Jesus, heal daddy's shoulder. Help him not hurt anymore. Amen. I pull out of the car. Boom. Instantly. 100% healed and gone. And, you know, and I tell Joel, like, thank you, Joel. My daddy's shoulder's better. And, you know, he wasn't like, you, oh, are you serious? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool, Dad. He was like, yeah, that's great. Can I have a lollipop? Like, he, they don't care. They expect this stuff to happen all the time. And remember that, that, that being part of being humble like a child is breaking those things down to the basics, and that's what kids do. Kids are, they're directly to the point when talking to God. Kids are directly to the point when talking to God. And I've noticed when I hear a lot of adults pray, they, they basically already got it in their mind how they want God to answer the prayer. So they, they're pretty much telling God how to answer the prayer they're giving. 
Lord Jesus, I need $1,000 by Friday. And I don't care if you have my Uncle Mike give it to me by check, cash, or money order, Lord. That's fine. Either way, as long as he gets it here by Friday. And, and you know, like, quit telling God how to do his job. If you need the money, just tell him, thank him, and, and walk, go about your business. The little kid, on the other hand, they need $5 for something. Lord Jesus, can you give me $5 for new G.I. Joe? Amen. And, they, and that's it. They don't, they don't say, God, can you have my parents give it to me? Can you have the pastor? Can you, can you have them do this, this, and that? They just they tell, they're directly to the point. And I think God appreciates that when you don't sit there and tell him how to do his job the whole time or try to figure God out. Kids don't try to figure God out. Because in this area, they're so much smarter than adults. We try to figure God out all the time. Well, you know, God, I, I believe he's saying this over here and, and this, and, and if this would work this way, and I believe there would be a sign to me if he would do this over here. And, and what, was God saying this? Was that a dream? I, they're just trying to fit. They, they overcomplicate it. I, kids, they just believe and trust and love God. And Jesus said, you've got to be like that. Just keep it basic, man. Just love me and, 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 and believe me and trust me. Jesus loves that. And, oh, man, do you want me to tell another story? you want me to just... Because I've got another. This is one of my good ones. This is a good one. All right. I think two more, but that's it. All right. So, so the, I, you know, parents, if, if your kids say cute little things, and I know they do, someone taught me to start writing it down so you remember it later. Because you don't remember half the junk that comes out of their mouth later. And it's hilarious. Am I right? Amen. Do your kids say really funny things all the time? I love it. And so this was a, a few months ago. We were getting dressed for church and stuff, and the, the, the boys are getting together. And Isaac comes up to Joel and says, Joel, are you going to give your dollar to Jesus because he doesn't have any more money? And, and Joel says, Isaac, Jesus has thousands of dollars. We give him money every week. <laughs> and then Isaac, Isaac sounded kind of sad at this point. He's like, I know, I gave him all my nickels last week. <laughs> But they love giving to the Lord. I, just, I thought that was a cute one. So one day, I'm cleaning out the car. And, and we've told this story, but it's like my favorite Isaac story. So we're, we're cleaning out the car. And I was kind of in a bad mood because there was goldfish crackers all over that car. Amen? Any, any, yeah. That's the worst, man. Goldfish crackers. Oh, gosh. The, the only thing that could be worse is if they, someone gave the kids a tub of glitter. and just, I hate glitter. Oh, and balloons. I hate balloons. Anyway, sorry. Jesus loves the children. Loves the kids. He loves the kids. All right. So, so I'm like, I'm in a hurry. I'm like tossing goldfish crackers up. I'm like, get these, throwing them out of the car. Why would you kids do this? And over on the side of my ear, I hear a, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm like, what's going on? And so anyway, I didn't see him. So I'm, I'm like getting ready to go back to the house all upset. And Isaac's like, Dad, Dad, oh my gosh, Jesus is making goldfish rain out of heaven. <laughs> he didn't know that I was tossing him over the car. <laughs> he thought goldfish were literally raining out of the sky on his head. But he was smart enough to thank Jesus for it. All right, he, the whole time he, he thought these were coming from Jesus. I'm like, man. But he was just keeping it real, man. And that's, I love, I love it, man. I love kids. Because kids have faith. And so I want you to turn to Hebrews 11. We're almost done here. Hebrews 11. And we're going to look at verse 1. And I'll say this. Whatever it is you're going through today, I want to ask you to not overcomplicate it. Just be like a kid and believe whatever it is the Bible says about your situation. 
Just trust God. Trust that he's right there with you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. And I love this. Oh, It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Oh, man, that is deep. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And so faith is confident. Faith is confident, man. These little kids, they are confident that God's going to come through for them. They're confident that God's on their side. They're confident that heaven is real. They're confident in these things that they believe. And it says faith gives you an assurance about things you can't even see. So if you're believing God for something in here, you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, you need God to come through, whatever the situation is, if you've got faith, it'll give you this assurance, even though you can't see the answer yet. You just know that it's true. You know that it's real. You know that it's true because faith gives you the assurance. And I want to look at verse 6 here, Hebrews eleven six. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. That's a deep statement right there. You cannot please God without faith. Well, well why is that? Why, why is that? why is that so? Because anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It takes faith to believe in the very existence of God. Because you have never seen God Almighty in your life. I've never seen God. I mean, I've, I've, I've been, you know, serving him and all this stuff my whole life. I pray, I read my Bible every day, but not one time have I ever seen God. And as I've said many times, I am more convinced of his existence, though, even though I've never seen him, that I'm convinced that you're real. Because he's done things for me that no person that I can see has ever done for me. There's a lot of people, man, that have let me down, but God's never let me down. I've never seen him. But he comes through for me every time. And, and I can always triumph through Christ Jesus because of him. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God because you've got you to have faith to even believe that God exists. So a lot of people are looking for the rewards that God gives, but they aren't sincerely seeking him. Notice right here, it says that he's a rewarder of those that sincerely seek him. There's a lot of people that are seeking his blessings, but they quit seeking God a long time ago. God, I need more money. God, I need this. God, give me a better job, a bigger house, a new car. God, let my kids not be little idiots. God, this, God, that. God, all these things. And listen, God rewards those that sincerely seek him. Don't seek the blessing. Seek the blesser. And that's where a lot of people start to get messed up. And so I want to ask you a question today before we're all done, especially those of you that have been a Christian maybe for a long time or your whole life. Are you still sincerely seeking God? Or as the King James says, diligently seeking God? Are you still sincerely doing it? Or are you too big and grown up and mature for all that stuff now? Are you, are you beyond some of this child stuff and now you're to the deeper things? Listen, are you still sincerely and honestly and diligently seeking God like you used to? 
Or somewhere did you grow up and turn to an old, you know, grouchy old person and now you're no fun to be around? What are you? You know, what is it? Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you can't even get into the kingdom of heaven. And one thing that excites me about our church is this, is uh, the kids, and we've got a great group of young adults, all right? And then you don't even know this. We've got a whole bunch of them in here today. I love them so much. And these guys, they're on fire for Jesus. They've got childlike faith. You guys know who I'm talking. You know who you are, all right? I'm not going to make you stand up or anything. But there's a whole big group that you probably don't even realize. They meet, they're at church like five days a week doing stuff between the ages of 18 and 26. 26? <laughs> and, and listen to me. They're, they're, they're out praying and evangelizing and witnessing and praying for people and all kinds of stuff. And they're not embarrassed. I was talking to a couple of them one day. They show up at my house and like, hey, Pastor Dave, we've been over there at the Barstow Station. We're just walking around praying and praying in tongues, you know, seeing who we can pray for. And I'm like, man, good job, guys. And, you know, you want to go with us? Well, I have a bunch of kids. You know what I mean? So I gotta, can't leave them alone. But that sounds awesome. And I'm telling you, they've got this childlike faith where they don't care who thinks what about them. They just want to please God. They don't want to please you. They want to please God. And I love that. They've got this fire that we need as adults that some of us used to have, but we lost it somewhere along the way because we grew up. Well, if that's what growing up means, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Jesus Christ kid. You know what I mean? I don't need all that stuff. I want the excitement and the fire and the passion that I had when I was younger. And so I'm going to give you an offer here, okay? I'm going to just help you out a whole bunch if you'll take it. If you're here and you could say, man, I've I've lost some of that fire, some of that passion. I'm going to give you two ways that you can get it back, and it's this. Number one, you need to read some more of the Bible. And you're like, yeah, I know that. Everyone knows. No, seriously. You need to read some of the real exciting stuff. You need to read the book of Acts. You need to read First and Second Kings. I mean... You go read Second Kings and see some of the stuff that happens in there. You're on the edge of your seat like, man, where's this story going to go? It's exciting. It'll make you excited about the Word of God. First and Second Samuel. First and Second Chronicles. You read this stuff, man, it'll start building up on the inside of you. And you'll get excited because the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. We're not reading some dead history book here. This is the only book in the world that is alive and has power. So, yeah, you read it, you're going to get excited. And I'm going to I'll just give you one more great little tip. I challenge you, if you want a little more fire in your life, come to just one more church service a week. Just one. Maybe if you come once or twice a month, then didn't come a little bit more than that. And I'm telling you. It starts to grow on you where you're like, man, I want to be here. We got a great young couple that can only come on Sunday nights, but they're here every week. And, and the young man comes up to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, man, church is over already. I mean, he wants it to go all night long and he's got kids and everything. But he's like, I, you don't understand. I wait all week long for this. He works graveyard shift at a gas station. He's up all night and he comes here. Then he goes straight to work on Sundays. But he's like, man, you don't understand how much I love this place. It has changed my life. My, it, 
You don't, you don't get it. I, I wait all week long. I'm, I'm at work at night counting down the hours until the next church service. He's here every Sunday and Wednesday. And, and he's like, I, I, it's just done something to me. It's changed me in such ways that I could never do on my own. My kids, they love this place. I don't bribe. They love coming to church. My wife, our home is full of peace now. I love this church. And listen. That's because he, he, he comes and he, and he stepped it up. He started reading his Bible, started coming to an extra service. And man, it's changed his life because he's got this childlike faith. So we're going to close out with what Jesus said here. He said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so I challenge you today, look at your life. And see, how could I be more like this child that Jesus is talking about, where I could fully trust him, where I could be bold and brave and not care what anybody thinks? That's what Jesus is looking for. And that's what I'm asking for us today. Let's start acting like the kids and quit telling them all the time to act like us. We're boring. I want to I be more like, like, like that. Amen? I want to be like a child to get into the kingdom of heaven. All right, let's go ahead and end there today. Let's stand up.